coming up next on the Digital Marketer Podcast. I think the key is like Elon has been this social media kind of superstar for years now, right? Like that's kind of his MO. Like this is this is what he does as a human and as a person. And so he's going to take that into his companies, right? And so when you have a, a fearless leader that isn't afraid to say weird things on, on Twitter or whatever and like just speak his mind and just constantly just like, what? What is he doing? And just doing cool, innovative things, that's going to carry over onto the brands. And so this is like case in point of like, do you see Jeff Bezos going out there and doing all the crazy stuff on social media that you see Elon Musk doing? Like, no. So they're not going to treat their marketing the same either. This is Digital Marketing. Hey, DM listeners, did you know that you can generate leads from Instagram without using any landing pages or websites? If you're not sure what I'm talking about, Instagram actually allows businesses and influencers to set up automations to automatically capture leads through the Instagram inbox. So this means that you can generate leads for your business all using 100% automated Instagram messages. And the good news is our friends at Bot Builders can show you exactly how to do it. They're an industry leader, and these guys have landed some of the biggest clients in the world. So if you want to learn how to use Instagram automation to generate leads, go check out their free training at botwebinar.com. They'll show you exactly how it works. You'll see a live demo and also how you can start using their pre-built templates to start going after big clients yourself. Once again, that's botwebinar.com. Hey guys, welcome to the Digital Marketer Podcast. I'm Mark DeGrasse, president of Digital Marketer and host of the show. I'm here with my co-host, Mandy. Hello, Mark. So today, I thought we'd talk about one of my favorite nerd subjects, which is uh, SpaceX. Uh, people don't know, it's Elon Musk's uh, rocket company, and actually one of the drivers behind his Cybertruck, because he was trying to make stainless steel cheaper by producing cars, and then use the same steel to produce rockets. So, anybody is nerdy enough to know that. Good for you. Not so me, you, but thanks. <laughs> that's the other side. So you get to ask the questions. It's, it's more fun that way. Anyways, a <laughs> uh, while back, I think it was like May or June, I wrote an article called, It's Just Marketing. You can stop using the word digital now. And so I thought what we could talk about is kind of how uh, marketing has kind of evolved over the last, I'd say, five years even to stop really distinguishing itself from regular marketing. So regular marketing in terms of offline, you think of billboards, magazine ads, you know, radio. radio. Yeah, or even TV ads. Those are all traditional yep. marketing. And then in the last, you know, five, 10 years, you have digital marketing, which is paid ads, content marketing, social media marketing, you know, all that kind of fun stuff that we do constantly now. And everybody does, especially since COVID. And actually, you've had your firm for quite a while. You started in 2010 or so? I did, yep. So you kind of found that transition where you, was that part of your sales process was kind of battling against traditional versus uh, going online or did you do both? Not a, I straight digital right out of the gate. Never even messed with offline marketing. I saw the, I was on the trends, you know, before, before they were cool. <laughs> no, I was, I was doing it in 2007, actually. I was doing online wow. in 2007. And so I knew that this was the future. And I was like, why would I just create a marketing agency? Why would I not just create a digital marketing agency? You know, so I was 100% digital right from the get go. Cause I knew That's that was all. the future. So there's no way from, there's no reason for me to waste time helping clients with offline methods when they can hire someone else to do their 
lame postcards for them you know <laughs> that's not my jam <laughs> that's exactly what i did for people back when i was actually i didn't have a marketing company but i did uh real estate and so real estate okay. you had your farm and you'd you know yep. print out your postcards and you put them totally. down and you, i don't yeah it was uh yes. the park bench or no not the park bus benches that was oh, that man, was the money <laughs> the so money great. area and billboards we actually when i'd growing up i had this this one couple like were the only people you ever saw his name was alex horowitz in orange county california and his name was just everywhere i'm like how do you know how to say that word like it's not like a standard you know name right? but everybody says it perfectly because this guy had crap everywhere but that was all true oh it was everywhere except for you know nobody was online yet this was back mm -hmm. in the day so it works uh, it does well it's, it's kind of yeah. like you know what people like us always talk about in terms of the the volume and consistency and making sure to post a certain amount of times because mm -hmm. even if people aren't interacting with your content they still see it and yeah, so it's that brand familiarity you know as many places you can show up exactly sure. and then well because i had what's the name brian palmblo he actually does a daily podcast and video and if you look at the, the actual days he doesn't get a ton of interaction on any of them really but he says the primary driver of all of his leads because people, you know, he'll reach out to people and start doing actual uh, networking and people have seen him because he posts okay. every single day. And it's, mm -hmm. you know, and he said the same man. thing. It's Consistency powerful. of just that, you know, the recognition that you do subconsciously, which I, I'm totally going off topic from my article. <laughs> but if you read this book, it's called uh, Brand Seduction. And it's this okay. neurobiologist who actually talks about, or no, he's not a neurobiologist, he's just a neurologist. And he talks about how brand recognition is way less conscious than you think it is. And so, you know, because mm -hmm. for, you know, there's a lot of marketers that are very obsessed with metrics where they're like, oh, mm -hmm. you know, the metrics are telling me this works or it doesn't work. But his point was basically that in order to have a, you know, brand that seduces people, it's actually a lot about volume and the general messaging versus any specific, you know, line of copy like that totally. that has an effect but long-term effect in terms of branding is a lot more it's the word i'm looking for pliable it's probably a good word for it but it moves around a lot so mm -hmm. you know i think that and, is, that and that that is also a reason why like qualitative data is so important you know you can't just look at attribution models that are so old school and the numbers that you see in salesforce or wherever you know like you have to be looking at all of these factors just like you just mentioned that guy that does these daily and his his leads come from that that doesn't mean he's getting loads of likes and comments on them all the time you know but the qualitative data is people are coming to him and they're mentioning his videos bam yeah, well yeah and that's that's tough for people especially when you're getting started because you're like ah, i'm doing all this work and i don't see I any effect or my numbers aren't good and then mm -hmm. they just stop and it's like now nah, just just keep keep doing something and right. it'll work anyways back on topic though so i wrote this article about uh spacex and i was basically saying how you know the evolution of marketing over the last 20 years has, has started to really blur the line between digital marketing and, and traditional marketing because if you're mm -hmm. especially if you're a large company you have to do both and so yes. you can't really say you know this is this billboard's not effective or is effective because it mentions a, a website or maybe even a, a call to action where you actually mm -hmm. could see how that offline impression led to an online response totally. and so the article basically covers, you know, my, my thing, my, it went deeper than that in terms of their approach to sharing information. So with SpaceX, they were trying to develop the Starship rocket. And one of the big selling parts was actually its ability to land. So, you know, mm -hmm. rockets back in the day, 
you know, the Apollo program, they launch this giant tower of a rocket up, they throw away all the pieces and they fly out into space or they crash into the earth, but you don't get to use them again. So his thing was, <laughs> if we could, if you want to be spacefaring, then you have to be able to land the rocket, which sounds kind of obvious, but it wasn't. <laughs> so, so he spent, you know, I don't know how many millions of dollars, but he blew up, I think eight of the rockets. And so he kept on crashing and they explode. It was all really entertaining. <laughs> but he really entertaining to watch things explode <laughs> well but it was it. like they could have probably gone to a more private location or not shared the information but instead you have elon tweeting every single thing that happens even the failures and so the point of the article is basically like hey you know part of having a cohesive marketing approach is actually sharing almost oversharing uh both successes and failures because the failures are have a value of their own it's actually showing progress right totally. or action because you have another company one of the competitors was it jeff bezos company blue origin and so blue origin has been around forever has a billionaire backing it and has spent 10 years and basically could shoot somebody up 50 miles and then they just fall back down which you know if you if you know orbital mechanics actually requires you to fall off the earth over and over again so you have to achieve a certain speed and this is not doing that. This will never get somebody into space because you just fall back down. So mm -hmm. anyways, he has an accomplishment, but spent a ton of money and yeah, it's, it doesn't do much work, but he hasn't talked about any of the successes or failures or, and, you know, hasn't really focused on how to grow both online and offline using live events, using testing, using all this kind of stuff. And it is, it's a bigger company thing. Cause if you think of like a small business, sure. if you talk about your failure, <laughs> <laughs> probably won't have yeah. the effect you want necessarily. Mm -hmm. It depends but on sure. what it is, right? It really does. Yeah, if you, so, if you talk about your client failures, it's probably not going to have no. success, right? <laughs> if you talk about your own like marketing failures, like that might help people, but like don't ever mention your, you know, you failed you for have a balance, <laughs> You have to balance that out with some successes where you're like, hey, totally. you know, because I think if and you said that, like, yeah, it could be campaign related too. you know, yeah. like there's so many ways you could still share client failures as long as it's like, hey, we had this Facebook ad campaign and it didn't work out so well, but then we did this and it killed it. You know what I mean? You followed up with that. I think it's fine. But yeah, you're right. There's a big difference between the large enterprises and small businesses and how they're sharing this type of information. Yeah, but I think, you know, if you just scale it back a little bit, like, let's say that, let's say, hey, we've tried uh, 100 different creatives and then we finally succeeded in getting this one you know, banner, right. And then it generated 500,000 sales. And so it's totally worth it. And now we use that model for everybody moving forward. So we don't have to do that for you. Mm -hmm. Then I think that's, that's doing it. You do have to fail. Totally. Times, so have you ever had that <laughs> <laughs> just in your experience, taking care of your clients where you said, okay, oh, yeah. you know, it's going to take this much time. Mm -hmm. Well, I think that's how, how do you deal with that? Because I, I know, you know, the classic example is people signing up for, with the marketing agency for six to 12 months minimum. And mm -hmm. it's guarantee, you know, no guarantees in terms of what you'll do, but the client has to pay for that 12 months mm -hmm. period. Like that's just, it has to happen. But a lot of times, you know, now I think you do a lot faster. I think if you're not getting results within three months, depending on your service for or sure. product, what you're doing, then there's something wrong for the most yeah. part. <laughs> right. What do you think? What, what do you usually say to people or, or did you say to people when you were, you know, selling the service and saying, Hey, I need this much time to move forward. Well, for one, you just have to work with companies that know that have the right expectations, you know, like that's key because you could, it, it all depends on the 
person and their knowledge and understanding. And then if they don't have that knowledge and understanding, you educating them and having them understand at that point that this takes time and it's not going to be overnight and we have to iterate and optimize and test things out. And so, you know, it really all depends on the person, to be honest. And, and But most of the time when companies work with, they understood that, you know, and they were they were willing because it's a long term play. Like we don't do a whole lot of short term campaigns, right? Like even with advertising and stuff, it was part of a bigger long term play. So with us, you know, we are that long term kind of growth partner. So most of them understand that, you know, but you're going to get companies that don't understand that and are going to, mm-hmm. you know, either walk away or you're going to have to take a considerable amount of time to educate them on that process. Yeah, well, I think that goes into the business development side too, because I I worked with a lot of startups, and it was you know sometimes the yeah I had one client where their price point was just wrong, like it was totally off, and and we tried and it didn't work, and it was like significantly off, and all the feedback, all the data from all the campaigns said the same thing, but the client wouldn't change, and so mm-hmm. that was the yep. end of that. Yeah. And that's the thing too. Like when I, when I am coaching my fellow, you know, agencies, I tell them that too, like you, there's only so much we can do as, as marketers. Like if someone's sales process is broken or just like you mentioned, the pricing is way off, it's just run away because it's not worth it. You know, like they need to have their ducks in a row on all of that before you even entertain taking them on as a marketing client. Because if, if none of, if all of that is messed up or broken or something isn't clicking, then it's going to come back to being your fault because you're getting them qualified leads and brand awareness, et cetera. But if no one's buying or not enough people are, and it's not your fault, it's still going to come back to you. You know, somehow as marketers, we always get blamed, even though, even though it could be sales, we're still getting blamed. So that's why I'm always like, just go find another client. There's so many out there. It's not even worth it. You know? Oh yeah. That's uh, I forgot who said it, but it's, you know, your worst client is somebody else's best client. Actually, yes. it's probably one of Ryan's speeches, right? <laughs> Probably. Yeah, you're probably right. It's Uh, true, though. It is. It's totally true. You know, it's uh, you might just can't stand this situation and somebody else will be like, yeah, that's my Mm -hmm. favorite. Like, you know, and it goes back to the industry and, you know, personalities and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. But I think with, you know, it's again, you know, kind of going back to the digital marketing versus uh, standard marketing is you can give that feedback to actually get uh, the person the progress they want or show them, hey, this isn't working and exactly why. So I think in terms of the differences between the two, that would be one major one. Of course, there is, I will tell you a connection between the offline and the online or digital versus standard, where standard would be, say, a TV ad is they are integrating the two to blur the line even more. I talked to one of the, the executive at Spectrum here in Austin and, you know, they sell their ads. And they say, hey, one of the big draws for our ads are that we actually track your internet use and we track your cell phone. And we track what TV shows you watch. And that's how they show, tell which, (laughs) and they track your income based on your area. So it's great to know. (laughs) Exactly. So if you say like, okay, we have an executive service and we train, you know, large business owners how to do this thing. It's a $20,000 program. So I only want to hit executives that are making over $200,000 a year in this area. And maybe even have an interest. (laughs) <laughs> so, I like it. so I think that and that was I didn't actually even mention that in the article, but that's another blurring line between the two where they have so much data. I think the privacy laws and yeah. <laughs> just so everybody knows, we just did a, a workshop. Kasim, one of our favorite contributors, he uh, talks about that, the effect of all the privacy changes and the iOS changes and all that kind of stuff, which will probably break a lot of this connection I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. But 
in essence, it's still the same thing. You, you yeah. are still connecting your offline approach with your online approach and totally going back and forth. Yeah. Uh, well, and then a lot of like on offline methods incorporate, like go to this link or, you know what I mean? Like call to actions that can then take people online to where it can be tracked or call this certain number, you know what I mean? And, and that could take them somewhere. So there's just so many ways where you're like, you said the lines are a little blurred now. I mean, it does integrate together. Like, I don't even know how many, you know, campaigns are out there that is, it has nothing to do with online and it's just solely 100% offline. There's always some sort of element, you know, whether it's the data or sending them somewhere or even just a URL mentioned, but it's, it's pretty much integrated now, I would say. So I love that you're like, it's not just digital marketing. It's, it's marketing now. Like it's, it's all just kind marketing. of one in the same, you know? Yeah. And I think that's where, you know, cause I, I try to think like, okay, how would I do a completely offline ad campaign now? Like you wouldn't mention a website. You wouldn't mention an offer. Unless it was like a coupon, I guess, like print this out and bring it in. And then you track that then data. Most people don't even have printers. So you'd be like, put oh, it on yeah, your phone. Right. You know what I mean? It'd have to be like, you'd have to send it to their phone. So it'd be like, text this number or, you know, because yeah. no one has printer. Who has a printer? Like, honestly, oh my who gosh. uses printer these days? Unless you have to, like, you know, ongoing for something. But like the majority of people, especially that work online, like, what do they, what do they need a printer for? Oh, yeah. You know? So it's like. Well, even I just uh, uh, went to New York over the weekend, it's like you don't have menus most of the time. Right. Like 99% of the time. Yeah, exactly. Most places, especially because of COVID, there are no menus. And I'm, it still takes me getting used to it. I'll sit down, like the QR code in front of me, and I'm like waiting. And the waiter's like uh, looking at me like I'm an idiot. I'm like, oh, sorry, <laughs> I forgot. I'm just like old school waiting for the menu. I'm like, no, uh-uh, it's not what how can it works you eat anymore. here? <laughs> right? <laughs> have them, you know, recited to you. But, they used to have to do that more. Actually, some, some places you go, they'll still like recite the specials and you'll be like, oh, where are the specials? And then you're like, I'm not going to remember anything you just said. Uh-huh. You said like five things. Exactly. For chicken but in there. Good job memorizing somewhere. it though. Kudos. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good presentation, but also what guy does on the menu. <laughs> yeah. Hey, Ryan Dice here. You know, it's been a while since I've run the day-to-day for Digital Marketer, the company that Roland and I are partners in. Fortunately, we have a great team and great partners who help us with all that nitty-gritty stuff now. But the one thing that we focused on while I was there and the one thing the team still focuses on to this day is optimizing everything. I'm talking testing everything from the sales copy to the color of the checkout button. Testing like this can have a huge impact on your bottom line, but the truth is it takes a lot of time and a lot of resources. And half the time we were just throwing stuff against the wall just to kind of see what stuck. But the good news is you don't have to figure everything out on your own anymore. And that's because our friends at Conversion Fanatics have optimized hundreds of sites in all types of industries from small startups to Fortune 500s. And now they can handle all your testing and optimization for you too. So if you feel stuck when it comes to optimizing your website, go and visit conversionfanatics.com and they'll give you a list of custom suggestions to optimize your site 100% free. Once again, you can find them at conversionfanatics.com. I think, well, and one of the other things I talked about in the article, just so back to that, is the, the community aspect. So I think, mm-hmm. you know, what, what I mentioned about Elon Musk was that because his stuff was so public and so interactive in terms of they let everybody post anything and probably didn't, you know, do a cease and desist 
at any point, mm-hmm. but they have these big YouTubers actually covering it. So I did Scott Manley, every astronaut, Lab Padre, Marcus House. You know, it's a combined like 2 million plus subscribers yeah, that powerful. these individual channels have. And it's all bonus. Like they're not paying for that exposure. Yeah. But, you know, you have that one big, exciting, sexy, you know, timely, you know, kind of launch schedule, well, literally launch schedule for them. But you could do something similar in terms of your own stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, totally. Well, you- and I think the key is like, Elon has been this social media kind of superstar for years now, right? Like that's kind of his MO. Like this is this is what he does as a human and as a person. And so he's going to take that into his companies, right? And so when you have a, a fearless leader that isn't afraid to say weird things on, on Twitter or whatever and like just speak his mind and just constantly just like, what? What is he doing? And just doing cool, innovative things, that's going to carry over onto the brands. And so this is like, case in point of like, do you see Jeff Bezos going out there and doing all the crazy stuff on social media that you see Elon Musk doing? Like, no. So they're not going to treat their marketing the same either, you know? And so Mm -hmm. that's why, of course, like they are leveraging all of these influencers and YouTubers. And I talk about this all the time in, in my training and teachings is leverage the community aspect. Like there is no better way to blow up a brand than to leverage other people that already have audiences, you know? And so it's genius what they're doing there is because these people are already passionate about these things, right? The, the nerding out, as you say, and they already have followings of other nerds that love it too. So why not embrace that and leverage that, you know, but you have to, it has to start at the top. Like your leadership has to believe in the power of social and the power of community. And if they don't, then it's never going to trickle down and that's never going to happen. No. Well, I think there re- there's a reverse effect to doing it as well, because if you are saying, okay, I'm going to tell everybody about everything and it's going to be exciting and useful, but it actually forces you to keep on schedule or to keep doing things faster because if you mm-hmm. don't then and you People were super active <laughs> yes. oh yeah they'll be like well what the heck happened and uh-huh. you'll see you'll see a lot of brands do that where it'll be like oh man that the campaign's just killing it and then just crickets you're like oh mm-hmm. what happened i guess you would call it covid or lockdown celebrities was uh, kevin james you know paul blart the mall cop and he's been in a ton of stuff but during covid he actually made this youtube series where he was a sound guy like he was a boom guy and it was hilarious and he made like a series of just awesome videos and he was coming out all the time like kind of the the bright light during the lockdown but he hasn't posted for nine months now was his last upload it was just like man you're killing it what the heck why would you just stop but in in what i was saying get busy and then you stop and it's like uh and actually i talked to one of our uh certified partners and i'll put a link to him but he had a podcast where he basically chatted with an ai and just posted while he was chatting and the ai always got like super creepy somehow like said it was the devil and stuff what this is incredible i need to check this out it was live. I'll send you a link to it. But anyway, he he just stopped doing it. And I was like, man, you, you already had, I think he had like 15,000 subscribers. But YouTube terms, right. that's pretty significant. That's pretty good. Yeah, if it's they're all hard. real, for sure. Yeah. And I think his, his top video had like 70,000 hits and was only like a year old or something. And I was like, yeah, okay. keep going with this. And he did it all at three in the morning, just like recording his, his chat with the devil AI. And it was super funny. That's hilarious. So no, clearly he wasn't monetizing it or taking advantage of the, you know, if he quit it, it was worth the time, right? Yeah. Well, and I always, just in terms of content production and volume, I always went boring. You know, I went like, I I had a fitness magazine, so I went exercises 
Like mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't need interesting content because everybody needs exercise. So I just do right. like 15 second. Here's how to do this crap. And uh, I think one of the videos, it got like 80,000 hits or something like that, or still has ongoing that much for the most boring, poorly produced video ever. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. But if you had interesting stuff that gets heads, like you could, you could be big. So anyways, yeah. back to, to digital marketing. I think that's, uh, that's a huge advantage and, and just the cost. You know, I think back in the day when you look at, uh, say Mad Men, that's what we always reference here, how much it was to produce a ad, like, yeah, uh, I don't know, a ton. And then you'd maybe, hopefully it would get some sales for whoever you're doing, but all the big guys had to do it, you know, or the only ones that could do it because it costs so much and took so much sure. time and effort and all that kind of stuff. But now anybody can do it all the time. And it just has to take some motivation to actually do it. So Right. Yeah, agree. And and that's the thing with like offline, it it is also very much brand awareness, you know? That's the thing with yeah, a lot of digital campaigns are easier to track some. I mean, what we do, you know, like on LinkedIn and social and thought leadership, a lot of that isn't easy to track and that goes back to the qualitative, you know, data, but when you're talking offline, like these commercials that they're spending millions of dollars on, it is a lot of just brand awareness, which mm-hmm. you can also say the same about social media too. You know, a lot of it is brand awareness. And just like you mentioned, consistency and getting your name out there. And so I feel like when you, you know, you do combine both when you have audiences and all of those places, it's like that omni-channel effect, right? Mm-hmm. So obviously I'm a digital marketer. I've never even dabbled in of course, we consult with offline marketing campaigns, but we're not ever executing them. So I'm I'm aware and, you know, versed in, in lots of offline marketing methods, but I'm not here to say like they don't work because they do still work. You just have to get creative and everyone's different. You know, there's there's some people who are still killing it with radio ads and it may seem weird, but it's still working for them, you know? So it's one of those things where I feel like there's always going to be some element of offline marketing. It, now with the NFTs and metaverse and no. all of of that now that opens up a whole other ball game where it's like it couldn't be further away from offline marketing <laughs> like now it's like hyper hyper digital it's not even digital it's like in its own little bubble and so it's just, oh, it just no. keeps getting you know it just keeps getting crazy came up with a new term now and i will have to say hyper digital hyper digital right it hyper is, digital marketing. <laughs> oh that would be that would actually be a good piece of content right there where yeah, it's just like okay we, we had that. digital marketing and now we have yep. hyper digital marketing. Hyper digital. So now it's <laughs> way better than digital. Like, oh, all right. Oh, we'll work yeah. on that. That'll be the next yes. uh, next workshop. How to Always hyper digital. Evolving. Yep. You have to sit in your room and wait for website visitors. And then you have to talk <laughs> to the people as they walk in. Like, wait, this is starting to feel offline now. <laughs> it's like, yeah. Right. It's a big, big circle. All right. Well, I think that's, uh, that kind of covers it. So that's, I mean, if you read the article again, it's called, it's just marketing. You can stop using the word digital now. It's on the digitalmarketer.com blog. And I go into a lot of data and some graphics and, you know, kind of talk about how the, the evolution of marketing leads to, you know, what we have today. But, you know, don't enjoy it for too long because, as Mandy said, we're going to have hyper digital <laughs> soon. And who knows what the heck that is. Oh, it's here. It's like. here. It's here. It's just a matter of us learning it and, and sharing with you lovely people, which Constantly I have episodes learning. coming out. I have episodes coming out on Digital Marketer Podcast, so stay tuned on all the things, metaverse, NFTs, AR marketing, virtual influencers, all of it. Some of it's already up there. So this is something we're getting into more, and I'm super intrigued and it is very fascinating, and I can easily go down rabbit holes. And so we will be talking about this uh, quite a bit more because it's important for marketers to know what's happening. You know, oh, fantastic. in this world. 
Yes. Well, you are the one to talk to. So everybody tune in. We'll be back soon and check out the website, digitalmarket.com and look for us on there every week. See ya. Hey, DM listeners, if you're running a Black Friday or Cyber Monday special, listen up, because Digital Marketer just released our Canva holiday promo pack. It includes almost 200 templates that you can use to make the graphics for all your upcoming holiday specials and three unique design themes for each holiday. The promo pack is usually $27, but you can get it today for free. Check the show notes for the link to download, or you can go directly to digitalmarketer.com forward slash LP forward slash holiday templates. That's digitalmarketer.com forward slash LP forward slash holiday templates.